Yeah, we are in the building. Let's see if everything works right. If I can take over a fucking clubhouse, clubhouse is like a, a strip where niggas been selling weed. You know what I'm talking about? Yo, I'm talking about. I got, this, I got this good crack and this cocaine and this hair on. Let's see if it's working, though. I think I just put the room up. All right, we got content podcast. We're rocking and rolling. People are coming in. Yeah, RIP to take off, man. That shit is crazy. Insane. At the the rate that we're we're losing rappers, man. I mean, God damn. I mean, how many? How many in the last four years have we lost? You know, I see people coming in. Feel free to come in. I'll bring you up. We can we can have a open dialogue. I know we're hurting right now, members of the hip hop community, and I'm torn, you know, because I'm a avid speaker out against fucking gang violence but and then you know when a rapper that promotes it gets and it's not like that's all takeoff did let me see oh my man's in the building what's going on what's going on what's going on what's up what's up something see if i can bring him up let me see if i can bring him up yo 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 what's going on what's good you on we got content holla at me man let me see oh hold up one more time can you hear me oh there we go ha <laughs> ha I'm working these, I'm working out the kinks, man. I'm taking over this fucking clubhouse shit, bro. I'm taking over clubhouse. I was telling Hey, I love it. Like one hundred can't be the only nigga doing it. Bro. Nah, man. Thank you. Wack got this like, shit in a smash, don't he? Man, like the uh, amount of notifications I get per day about now I'm kinda seeing uh, uh the view of Clubhouse and kinda how he even has this shit set up and like the whole like network of like Kind of like TV shows, or actually, I don't even want to call it TV. Kind of this audio content that Clubhouse provides, he's kind of just putting on with a, in a bunch of different departments and stuff. So I, right. I fuck with it. No, it's no, it's dope. I definitely fuck with it. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, what do you think, man? We lost Offset. I mean, we lost uh, Takeoff, man. Fucking, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like TMZ right now. That's what TMZ. Did you see that <laughs> shit, man? TMZ put a picture yeah. of fucking Offset. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, yo, I don't, yo, white people don't surprise me anymore, man. Like, that's all I got to say. Thank you, like, man. Now it's, it's, it's basically like, did they do it on purpose? Or, and it kind of takes away from the, like, original thing, because everybody got mad at it. Yeah. It's like, all right, do you, don't you expect that from TMZ? Right. A little bit, like, just this <laughs> inhuman-esque uh, version of things. Yeah, have, so, you, but I, have you been keeping uh, up on it? <clears throat> yeah, to be honest, like I, I'm, I like to see how these stories uh, evolve uh-huh. through time, because everybody like to say like right away, hop on like gang violence or some type of street violence, but as I've been seeing, it kind of just happened. Yeah, like it wasn't like anybody was trying to take him out. It was like a bullet. My dad always said a bullet got no name on it. So it's really like if you you're around some people who don't know how to aim, you could be one of the people that's taken. That's true. That's true. But it does go back to kind of like um, it's not necessarily um, a gang violence situation, but shooting, but shooting dice. You know what I'm saying? Niggas. And I guess it didn't I guess it didn't happen when they were shooting dice. But I'm just saying, like, I guess what I'm really trying to say is our conflict resolution, our conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. The fact that we just can't be in a situation where it's not a gang thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, we're not on the opposite sides of the track, we're actually on the same sides of the track. So why can't we talk it out then? That's what I'm saying. That's even goes into a deeper, darker thing. Cause had it been bloods and crips, right? Had Quavo been yeah. bloods and it been crips, 
we'd have been like, okay, this is some street shit. They were on the opposite side or whatever, or whatever the situation might've been where they might've been ops. But the fact that y'all boys QC, y'all always have Migos down there to the ranch and y'all always, you know, that's why uh, I heard that the Migos wasn't necessarily like moving militant because it was Jay Prince and the mob ties fellow. So they like, man, we always kick it together. We, we homies, you know, Jay Prince jr. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do we, get in an argument when we boys and it comes to that when niggas has even got their hands on their pistols. That's where it gets weird. I mean, it's even so as much as I don't want to say that, um, you know, this is gang violence shit. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, but it is, it's the mentality that you guys just can't talk it out and, you know, be men. You know, we always got to jump into that gangster shit. That's, that's more where I'm leaning towards. It's not about, Oh, you know, this is some gangster shit like Tupac or you know some other shit. It's like, no, it's not that. But it's the fact it's that our man, our mentality is rooted in gangsterism. That's we handle every situation how we think the gangsters would handle it in the movies. You know, we don't know how to yeah. dialogue and hey man, let's go over here and talk real fast. You know what I'm saying? Let's and even the respect. Like Jay Prince yeah. is calling himself mob ties and all this mafia shit. Well, what the fuck is going on where people don't respect you, Jay Prince? Where People are shooting at Quavo and Takeoff. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are guys. We just, the only reason why they're down here, like, they're not down here for a concert or, no. They came down here to kick it with us for Halloween, with us. You know what I'm saying? So, you're under the flag. Hey. Of the, you're under the flag of the mob ties shit. Who? Where's the respect? So. I would say, because, like, it is in Houston, mob ties kind of, like, have that uh, umbrella system in Houston and Texas and stuff like that. But that, I think it just goes to show that nobody really can like protect you like that. Jealousy is always a thing. Mm. So you get into like, I've, I've, I've gotten, I've gone to a club, right? Even in downtown Minneapolis with my closest like friends or whatever, they, we've gotten into arguments about basketball that's gotten heated and I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. What the fuck are we like? Nigga, I drove you here. Like, I can't, I, 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 like, like niggas get that heated over uh, a topic and it's like, yeah, wait, you, I think you hit it on the head. Like, why, why do we always feel like we do have to take something out like we're gangsters or mobsters or something like that? Like even, I know niggas who like sell uh, life insurance who try to be like, oh yeah, I got ops over at the next company. Yes. I'm like, oh, I'm I guess you can see it like that, but you got a competitor kind of in the corporate world. Like I, I would place, I would put it more in that realm than rather taking everything back into, oh yeah, we got to take it back to the street. We can bring the streets into different industries and like just rope it into some, but the, that mentality of like, oh yeah, I got to shoot this nigga. Yeah. Damn. I, I think that's where we really, as a people ourselves got to come back and like figure out, before we even let other cultures and other people come and talk about this stuff, before we let TMZ kind of disrespect the dead and put the wrong picture up there. Right. Like, cause TMZ, that's, that is actually now that I'm thinking about it. That is crazy. Cause they, they're the people who got the most like exclusive tapes. Yeah. They got all this information and stuff like that. You can't they, put a picture up. They got the most cameras. They got, let's just say they got the most cameras. <laughs> 
Yeah. They got a camera right. everywhere. There's a TMZ camera right now in my house. I just don't know where the fuck it is, but it's in here just in case something <laughs> happens. So they can say, yeah, we seen him. We got him walking to the bathroom. We jacked off at 7.27 p.m. <laughs> so, yeah, that's crazy. That When I seen that, I thought it was a joke. When I seen that, I was like, no, nigga, this is this is. <clears throat> This is fake news, nigga. No way TMZ did it. No one, like I said, I, I quickly did it when I because I was trying to, you know, pull together the uh the takeoff and I wanted to say that TMZ had fucked up, so I was trying to do the correlation. But I'm like, you guys got a whole team of writers and editors and a fucking network. You guys aren't supposed to be making the kind of fr- mistakes I make on a freestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit was no, crazy. And like I feel like um this whole the blanket like blame on everybody because it's easy to say TMZ, but I think we got to do our due diligence and be like, nah, who actually, who's the person who authorized and posted this thing? Because like TMZ is mm-hmm. a, a business and organization themselves. So like, I don't like the whole cancel culture of everything mm-hmm. nowadays because everybody just wants to cancel everything. Like even with gay, everybody, oh, I'm happy that Adidas, this whole Adidas thing uh, got taken away. I'm happy this Gap thing got taken away. But like in my head, that's like, okay, you're happy that job got taken away, because mm. like, he, like yeah, he did not, he did not like make all this stuff. He said he was the mindset, but there's actual manufacturers and actual designers who actually did this stuff. Like he even said he brought over uh, the designer from Balenciaga to these other places to get his help. Like those are the people actually who like make the stuff and like not even the people who like made every single pair. That's like taking over a, a whole warehouse job or a few, actually, if we're talking about the easy brain. Right. A few. So it's yeah. like everybody here for this, but it's like, wait, some people lost some jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and see, that's, that's the problem that I have too. It's that it seems like it turns into the mob mentality. It seems to like, um, it, it turns into, I want to hurt you more rather than you were wrong and let me correct you. Like that's, that's the culture that we're in. Like I have no problem with when a group feels wronged, them speaking out, you know what I'm saying? If the Jews feel wrong, speak out, whoever feels wrong, speak out, but don't come with this whole smear campaign. You know, like right now it's election time, right? And you're watching your television and you're just, it's not like they're saying what they're going to do. Great. They're not coming on saying like, look, never mind who's running against me. These are the things that I'm going to do. These are the things that makes me good. This is me. This is who I am. No, they come out. Did did Jensen say this? He hates babies. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. that doesn't make me really want to fuck with you either. You know what I'm saying? Like you're that's yeah, that's bad. You. I'm like you're making me a Jensen fan because like right now you're just picking on him. I don't know shit about bro. Right, like, right. And, and, oh, he hates me. Like I don't. What, what if somebody told me you hate me? Like should I feel the same way about you? I just feel like everybody kind of like man. Actually, you hit it on the head with it's election time. It Nobody, is. Every, everybody listening, who's your state representative to go to the Senate? Everything's everything's <laughs> blue and red right now, right? Everything's blue and red. Exactly. And, like, I, I feel like that's, that's a bigger problem than a lot of stuff people are focusing on. And yes, like, because of the course. People, so everybody, like, yeah, I'm sick of the Republican Party and Democratic Party. Let's make something new. Thank you. Uh, but so now, it's, oh, which one are you voting for? Trump or Biden? Nobody even knows anybody else. And it's like, damn, I'm not going to let you like try to educate me. And you don't have any information to educate me on. So don't try to influence like what I like want to decide. 
in my life and in my community too. Cause a lot of people got to stop talking about, um, uh, laws from different States. You don't even know the laws in your state. So like, even with the going back to Texas, like there's people who are like, Oh, gun laws in Texas need to really be, uh, talked about. You don't even know what's happening with the gun laws in Texas. Hold on. <laughs> like you're, you're filling the pockets of some type of politician down there that's using your ignorance to be like, yep, that's going to fill my campaign trail. Anything you want to say, please say it and I'll endorse you. That's a, like, that's kind of into. That's a beautiful point that you just brought up that we have a lot of people that are doing this whole blanket statement. It's like, wait a second, man. The whole purpose of our, our country was that every state does things differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold on, let me find out the politics of my state, what's going on in my state, and stop making these blankets. They're trying to take our guns, not necessarily in New Mexico. You know what I'm saying? Why the fuck do I got this shirt on that's saying they're trying to take our guns and they're not in my state? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a great point. But again, we live in, we're living in such a beautiful time right now. Like, we're living in such a beautiful time where... A lot of the conversations that we're able to have, we would never be able to have. We'd be called communists. Like if you had us, me and you right now on this podcast show and Amber, who just uh, popped into the room. If we were doing this in 1940, we would be called communists. What the fuck are you guys doing with your own radio show talking? Man, shut that shit down. You see what I'm saying? FBI would be like, yo. Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we can do this now we can talk so it's just that's the thing that bothers me because i have controversial views myself right i say a lot of controversial things and the difference between me and this is a, another thing that bothers me i feel like the wrong black people are stirring the pot you know what i mean like kanye west is not the one who should be talking kyrie irvin not the one that should be talking they're bringing up great points Oh my God, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick, not the one that should be talking. <laughs> is his point valid and great? Yes, but he shouldn't be talking about it. One, because he can't talk about it. So that's the problem. Kanye says this thing about Jews and blacks, and he gets he gets my he gets my Negro spirits all going. Now I'm on the verge of getting fired at, at work because I'm listening to him, and I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm I got my Kanye <laughs> shirt on him. Let's go, Kanye! And the nigga won't stop and have an, an intellectual conversation about the rants that he does. He just rants oh. and then like disappears to his fucking ranch in Omaha for a while. You know what I'm saying? And then leaves people like us who support him be like, yeah, Kanye, man, he was saying some real shit. Now we out here and I can't go to work. Yeah, I'm waiting for Kanye <laughs> to say something that explains where I can go back to work the next day and say, see, he, this is what he was talking about. But I can't. I've missed seven days at work, fam, is what I'm saying. I haven't went to work in seven days because I <laughs> jumped out and said, Kanye, you know what I'm saying? And everybody's at work waiting to say, what you, and nobody wants to explain. Same with Kyrie Irving, right? He says the mm-hmm. thing about everybody go watch the H2N uh, video. And then the reporter jumps up and says, you're anti-Semitic. And instead of Kyrie saying, hold on, let's have a conversation, bro. Are you calling me anti-Semitic? I'm not anti-Semitic. Now, is there anything that I'm saying that's bothering you? And having an intellectual conversation, he just goes, Mm -hmm. don't don't dehumanize me, bro. Um, And he goes into that fucking shell. And that's what all of them do. They, they, They go into that shell. Colin Kaepernick, he brought up great issues. Police brutality. Oh my God, this is beautiful. Football player taking a knee? Speak. Tell us what is on your brain. 
Nope, he takes the Nike deal and then he retreats off into the fucking house. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's my problem is they're bringing up good points, but they are not the people that should be doing it. Because once the other side comes back and kind of, you know, even even though I do believe that on sometimes on the other side, there is a lot of bashing and there is a lot of cancel culture. Still, you have to be able to make them look like the idiots that they are. That's what I think that Kanye West and Kyrie Irving and Colin Kaepernick, they missed the ball that I wish I was them because we're making the idiots look like winners. You know, everybody that's calling Kanye West and Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic, everybody that's saying Colin Kaepernick is anti-American for kneeling. That's a beautiful opportunity to make these idiots look like racist idiots that they are. But when you run, then you make them look like heroes. Now they get to keep running around and Max Kellerman and everybody can keep doing this. And it's like, yo, bro, wait a second. You know, we're missing the big issue. So that's all this bothers me. You know I feel what, like, yeah, go ahead. No, you know, like you hit it right on the point. Like, you know, it's like the fucked up part about all of that is it, it leaves the opportunity open for white people, some white people who see what's happening to literally say the shit that everybody is like thinking or don't want to say. And it's like when you're a black person and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that white person just explained the rest of that. Everybody's like, no, nah, he's white though. And it's like, damn, that I get what you're saying. But then all of a sudden it's like, okay, the thing that a black person said, maybe they're not finishing off like what they probably should just complete, like follow through, like speaking to Kyrie, follow through with your shot, like have that conversation because you'll find out the dude who asked you the question, he can't even further the conversation. Like, like you said, you make them look like, because they're just giving you what they just read on Twitter, what they just got from uh, CBS or uh, CNN. That, oh, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic. Kanye, like, that's, Kanye's, or Ye's interviews, he literally, like, I watched the whole Drink Champs interview live, right? <clears throat> and the moment when he said, this man literally said, I apologize to Jewish people. I only am saying this stuff is because I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous of how you bring together your community. I'm jealous that when one of you are rich, all of you are rich. I'm jealous of these practices that you guys have. But then at the same time, you come into black culture and then you don't help out. You just only hurt or hinder. That's what I'm mad about. That's why I'm saying this. I have contracts to prove this. Even uh, Rumblatt, one uh, one of the high music execs or whatever, Came in during the interview, literally hugged Kanye and was like, Jewish people love Kanye. Like, listen, listen to him. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Wow. How is this? Wow. There's another, it was Jewish people. Like, if I was Jewish, I'd be more bad at him for co-signing. Like, why am I mad at Ye? Like, he just literally just broke down everything he... And Andy, Andy he just jumped out with a White Lives Matter t-shirt. That's like the Jewish guy <laughs> just jumped out with a Yay Lives Matter t-shirt. What the fuck are you doing, man? Literally, like, I'll be more mad at the Jewish person. Be like, yo, wait, 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 what? Hold on. And that would, I, I, like, I just don't see, and my parents even tell me, like, I have a different mindset. When stuff like that happens, I'm, I'm the wide kid. I'm going to ask, like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, let's talk about this. Why, why do you think it's anti-Semitic? Even with my own Instagram, I have people comment on some of the comments I made about Ye and Kyrie, and I had an amazing conversation with somebody who is part of the Jewish community out here and is in a, like an influential stance. And she's like, Oh, actually what you're saying, I've never really thought about. 
But here's another um, perspective you can give or listen to. And she came at it as, um, as a female in the Jewish culture. She's happy that even the word anti-Semitic is being talked about in general. Because from her standpoint, it never has been. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're not even mad at Yay. <laughs> like, there's, there's other stuff that people are mad at that's just grouped together. And then mm. they just get used. And I'm like, wait, there's actually more in a Jewish culture thing. Because Jewish culture always been, like, very interesting to me. I can't even lie. Yeah, me too. Because, like, they always made money. When I found out they owned uh, YMCA, I'm like, oh, snap, what? Well, I didn't know that. God damn, put that on the list. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, look that up. Especially out here. It's like the Roman Jewish uh, uh, culture or whatever. A Romanian Jewish culture. I probably misspoke. But, yeah, like, they really get about their business, and then they sit in the background. They don't. They look at the trends of stuff, and they're like, "Okay, we need a female CEO. Boom, let's get that in there. We need uh, like they're. I think they're diverse in uh, what is that? Diversity and inclusion masters, because they can just they read the fine print, and they're like, "All right, we need this, this, and this, and we're fine." And you know and what? We can keep doing what and I'm mad. And you, and you said a good point. You said something, and it kind of stuck like a thorn in my side. You said. Listen, I'm I'm mad because I envy you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like I envy right. that you guys can do that as a minority on the planet. You know what I'm saying? I I I envy how you guys are able to work together and not hate and fucking I said it on my last episode. I said that the negro is more happy with the warmth that he feels from underneath the wing of the dragon. While the Jewish person Studies the dragon, wants to know what he eats, where he comes from. Are there other dragons? What are you scared of? How do you control yeah. them? You know what I'm saying? The Jewish person is way more observant of his environment with aims of taking over, while the Negro is always trying to find that level of comfort where it's like, okay, things are good, and we sit there. You know what I'm saying? That And we don't always yeah. do that. That's not what we always have done. Let me be correct. That's what the new Negro has done. The new Negro that's integrated. The prior Negro that wasn't integrated into the whole American system, the one that was kind of working like the Jew, kind of working, feeling like he's an outcast. But once they integrated us, then that's what I mean. Ever since we started to integrate, that's our new philosophy is we're always looking for that level of comfort. And then we just chill. Let me let him yeah, be. Then we're fine. Let a couple NBA players, let's sign these million dollar deals. And then we just sit. We don't try to own a team. How long are you niggas going to play before you own a team? You know what I'm saying? Thank God for Bob Johnson and Michael Jordan wouldn't have one. Mike, Bob Johnson made it. He said, I'm not selling to anybody but Mike or else, or else Michael Jordan wouldn't have a fucking team. So it's like, how yeah. long are you guys going to play before you guys make a play? You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, so that's a bar. Ain't that damn. Ooh, that's a bar. <laughs> how long are you guys going to play before you make a play, man, on everything? So it's not always about, I think, and, and I touched on this in my podcast. I said, I feel that when Jewish people get mad at us for speaking about Jewish issues, it comes one from a place of, wait a second, how can you, that's like a wino, right? No matter how wrong I am, the wino outside the liquor store can't tell me shit. Okay. I go, I don't give a fuck how wrong I am, nigga. I got a job. I got a car. I got a bank account. I got clothes and I'm moving. So no matter what I did, you, you wino, shut the fuck up. You could be right as day. Every time I come, you can say, Hey man, you know, you need to spend more time with your kids. Shut up. You're drunk. 
You know what I'm saying? Even though what you're saying is real, coming from you, I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to hear your voice because you're sitting here on the curb waiting for me to give you change as I come out the liquor store. That's the feeling that I feel that Jewish people have when we talk anything Jewish. They don't even hear what we're saying. They're like, how can you? <laughs> what's your first? What's your name? Tell me right now. Tell me your first and your last name in the tribe that you come from. Uh, 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 exactly. What language do you speak? Uh, 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 okay, exactly. What village in Africa did you come from? Uh, 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 so you, but you don't know none of that. But you know who I am. You know my people. You know Hebrew, Israelite, the 12 tribes of... Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) I just tried to talk to somebody today, or I tried to tell somebody today. I'm like, right now, there's some white people who know Africa better than some black people. Like, they'll break down the tribes. They'll break down and be like, oh, are you Nigerian? Are you this type of Nigerian? Are you this type of Nigerian? And I'm like, Damn, like white people have done more research on like black history than some black people. Yes, yes. And I'm, yo, like that, what you're saying is kind of like a point. Now, I think I like the wino outside the liquor store. I like that analogy. Sometimes I feel like they do have these keys where if you do listen, guess what? It's like going to be a big, like, um, positive factor in your life or something like a piece of advice that you needed. Now, mm. again, gotta live by example because yeah you're out here how, why am i supposed to listen to you like that's how rich rich people say why am i supposed to listen to somebody who's never been rich like you don't know how to my hundred dollars is your dollar so i i literally know how to move maneuver some stuff more than you but at the same time i yo i, I feel like information is in everywhere like information is like i like uh science type shit so in colors and messages and like everything there's there's always a message in something so i listen to a lot of people that are do be talking and sometimes too much but i i I was always the wild kid i'm like my parents were very annoyed and they ended up saying yeah because i said so like that's what i got because i asked why too much and then i noticed that in the adult years you start to asking why all the time why are these rappers being shot why is Ye saying all this stuff? Why Why do the contracts look like that? And then everybody else is like, yo, just shut up. Shut up because because it is. But we need to focus on this other thing. It's like, if we're not trying to fix the problem, all right, bet. Exactly. Isn't that funny, though? Isn't that funny that LeBron James did a whole fucking documentary about shut up and dribble, and now we're basically telling Kyrie to do the same goddamn thing? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Facts. I said it today. I'm like, yeah. Everybody loved Kyrie now type shit. But when he was saying kind of the same stuff back when he was putting the stage around Boston and being like, Boston wasn't a good place like at all for me as a black man. And people were like, nah, shut up and dribble. Be, just, yo, be quiet. Like, we need you to play. You're not playing good. Be quiet. Like, hey, that's crazy. Yeah, that's something I just was noticing. I'm like, damn, why? Everybody's basically, what they're basically saying is, Kyrie, just shut up and play basketball. But it's like LeBron gets this whole documentary about how black people have come far so we don't have to do that. We can express ourselves. They, they, it seems like black people are only allowed to express, or express ourselves if it goes along with the narrative that makes financial benefits for the companies that sponsor us. It seems like that's the only way we can speak what really is going on inside of that person. They keep that hid. 
And it seems that before there's two different type of racisms we were fighting. The early people in the 1900s were fighting real white racism and they were saying, look, black man, be quiet because you're black. I'm not going to really do too much explaining on why you just shut the fuck up and play the game because you're black and you just came out of slavery. How about that? Okay. So that was more what they were dealing with. Now it's a new thing where it's like, don't speak out about how, who you really are. Just be the public like mannequin that everybody can spend their money with. You know what I'm saying? It's like they trap us in that thing. And it's like, that's what they want their rappers to be. They want us to be gangsters and rap. And they want us to just be like these fake PC black people when it's like we don't come from a PC um, culture. You know, we come from being black. A lot of things have been obstacles in America and we still have a lot of obstacles. So it's funny that a Jewish culture wouldn't understand that about us. Yeah, speak about what you feel. Talk about it. You know, don't say hurt nobody. But if you're saying that there's a lot of black Jews out here and we feel like black people are the true Jews and we feel that record companies that are promoting drill music are just as anti-Semitic in promoting drill music and gangster and trap music, which affects the black community in a negative way. That's just as anti-Semitic as me coming on here saying negative things towards the Jewish community on a big platform. The way that you guys don't like that, we don't like that. There's so much drill shit coming out of your guys's company. So that and that's you wouldn't think that that conversation would be too misunderstood. Now, we understand the white folks, right? The white Anglo-Saxons that come from their Great Britain uppity hierarchy. You just don't know what it's like to be down here in the bottom. That was mainly the disconnect. You don't know what it's like to be down here in the bottom. But for the Jew, it's like, bro, you know, you know, our plight. Actually, your story, you used our plight to tell your story, your story that you tell through films. You used our pain in America to tell it. So who knows it better than you? You know, this music ain't good for our communities. That's why you don't do it in your communities. Right. You know that. We need better consultation when it comes to financing. So why do you keep putting us and matching us with these shady managers and these shady banking agents and all this sh these shady Jewish people that surround us? When you know that, hey, man, why don't you do like LeBron James did and insulate yourself with some black, put some of your homeboys through school, right? Instead of me raping you for 10 years, why don't you put a couple of your people through school and insulate yourself and kind of create a. You know what I mean? You would think that they would be talking this, that, that LeBron James just had to do that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody talked. That's just something that LeBron James wanted to do ever since he was a kid. He's like, I'm going to put my homeboys in positions to win. Right. So, yeah. it, so it's just that that's, that's the thing, but it's like, you, it's funny how you see these Jewish people surround the talent but they don't give them the advice that, you know, like you said, that they have, that would really indicate a true friendship. Where if somebody did speak out against Jewish people, then the black community would be like, hold on, let, let hold on. Jewish people rock with us. They're teaching us banking. They're letting us into ownership. They're making sure that our hip hop music has an equal balance. We got just as much positive Afrocentric music as we do with the drill. They're, they're doing everything that they can as our partners to make sure that our communities kind of reflect their communities. So if somebody does come up saying something anti-Semitic, well, then the brothers do stand with you because we're true friends. But, you know, if we ain't true friends, right, we're not really friends. You've been exploiting us for years. Then 
that's that's when I feel like, okay, we if we can't speak about the relationship as it is in reality, then that's just another form of racism, if I'm not wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you something then? Yeah, go ahead. So how do you feel about like just the so back in the day how kind of gangster rap, street rap was and how it kind of at some point almost did organize? Do you feel like it was the wrong type of genre to organize around? Because nowadays, like, I was having a conversation with somebody about, like, the classification of, like, how hip-hop has been portrayed throughout music. I think that's been our biggest, like, hindrance and biggest, like, I kind of, kind of like, um, the biggest trick for a lot of people because everybody wants to say, like, oh, well, I grew up on, I remember NWA, like, Public Enemy, like, they talked about stuff that was happening that was fucked up, like, where they lived. But then everybody who's trying to emulate it don't really, they only put the money behind the people who are emulating it wrong or um, not emulating it, but like portraying it in the, in the wrong light. Cause like we did like back in the day, we did have options. Like you didn't have to pick G unit to listen to. You didn't have to pick Dipset to listen to. You didn't have to pick some of the people who like kind of portrayed this uh, narrative of a rapper that we see today. You did have the common. You did have the uh, De La Souls, uh, Talib Kweli's. Like, I feel like still putting money into everybody's trying to rope in the music with the violence. So, do you think like is it only Jewish people who see like the money in the violence, or do you think that we also have like an account accountability ourselves to be like, yeah, why do we even want to support this? Um, well, I think that's a, that's a great question, man. I think that it's like almost, it's, um, it's almost like a double-edged sword because what I believe is that Jewish people found out early the correlation between music, particularly hip hop music, gangster music and the prison industrial system. They quickly see, and, and that's what I mean about Jewish people. They're able to sit back and see things like that when we don't look at it like that. We're, we're thinking we're just rapping and flowing and time is just moving. They're looking at, they're looking at it from a different um, viewpoint. And two, um, I think that if black people naturally, if we're just left alone, our music is going to reflect a more upbeat, positive vibration. It just is. That doesn't mean you're not going to have your sections of kind of gangster raps and pockets where it just is a little bit rougher in these areas. You're going to have that. But the overall template of our music, especially in this country, knowing our history that binds us and having a particular having a, a special specific history in this country, our music naturally left alone without any agenda, without anybody touching and moving it in a, in a direction is going to be good vibrations and about triumph and about overcoming and about helping and loving. That's what it's going to be. So hip hop for the first almost two, you know, 20, 30 years was just strictly about that. You had the breakdancing, the graffiti, you had all this reflection of a light of a art, true artistic form of expression. Right now, a little bit of street mm -hmm. shit, you would feel a little bit of street shit in there. And that, and that lets you know that it's real. That's what made it real. If we didn't give you that, then it wouldn't be real. 
No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Keep the gangsters out. Don't let them have a voice. No, let them have a voice too. You know, let them speak in how, how they see things too. It's just that, to be honest, we overpower them because there's more of us than there is the gangsters. So yeah, y'all, ha- y'all get to rock the mic too, but then when we take the party back over, it's back on the normal vibration, which is black love. Which I, what I believe happened is you had the formulation of a very sick ideology in the black communities. And that's gang culture. Now on the East Coast, you had this 5%, this um, multicultural blacks and Mexicans and Puerto Ricans all commingling, hanging, speaking, dancing, living, breeding together on the East Coast. You had a 5% nation, which was basically the gang. So you're talking about a gang in New York. Now, this is what people are looking at. And like I said, this gets deep. But you're talking about the black people. Now they're creating a gang culture in, in the biggest metropolis, the biggest metropolis on planet Earth, New York. They're creating this subculture, which is a 5% nation. Which is nation, which is teachings of the nation of Islam, our biggest foe, which teaches nation building and coming together and self-discipline. So that is about to be what is the underling, the way that gang culture right now breeds everything, even though there's different things, everything underneath it is bloods and crips. It turns into different things. It turns into different things down south and the east coast and the west coast and drilling, but it all at the root. It's that blood and crip philosophy that was birthed on the West Coast. So you had the powers that be are like, fam, we can't have this. This is a powerful thing on the East Coast. So we have to make sure. Now, what's going on on the West Coast? Well, on the West Coast, you had a very sick thing happening where this guy named Tookie Williams, Stanley Tookie Williams. He was a, a facilitator at a boy's home and he was given power. To turn out, that's how the the Crips got so big, because Stanley Tookie Williams was a was like an advisor, a counselor at a boy's home. Whenever they went to jail for something, they would go to a boy's home and Stanley Tookie Williams would be the person that took him under his wing, who should have been taking the boys out to get them jobs and should have been teaching them good things. Well, Stanley Tookie Williams was turning these boys like Raymond Washington and others into Crips and having them go commit murders, smoking Sherm off PCP. Right. So now this is what's happening on the West Coast. So on the East Coast, you have this whole fast thing where these brothers is moving fast. They're lingos, this hip hop. They're challenging each other with the wordplay. I mean, you can really see brothers. This hip hop thing is moving fast. And like I said, they're they're co-mingling with the, with the Mexicans. So that's what's going on there. And they got the five percent. That's their gang. You go on the East Coast, run into somebody from Harlem. What's today's mathematics? That's what they're going to say. Oh, what's today's mathematics? Okay, that's what they're saying on all five boroughs. That's their, that's their gang culture. You know what I'm saying? And from that, it goes. So on the West Coast, you got this dude, Stanley Tookie Williams, who doesn't have a love for black people like that. He's more concerned about the drug trade that's permeating in the 80s. And... Um, catening off drug areas so they can sell their drugs and make money. So you got Stanley Tookie Williams, who is breeding this philosophy and of the gang philosophy. This is starting to spread on the West Coast. And not to mention that these Crips are going to jail and they're fighting with the BGF, the black gorilla family. Wait a second. So you mean that these Crips are so anti-black, their leader, 
Their leadership is so anti-black that they'll turn out 10-year-old boys and put guns in their hands and make them smoke sherm and commit murders. And then when they go to jail, when they are confronted with the Black Panthers, these are the revolutionaries in jail saying, hey, man, in, in prison, it's the whites and the Mexicans and it's us. You got these Crips who are saying, fuck that. We, and we beating y'all ass and they're warm with the blacks. So now they're like, "Ooh, OK, let's take this camera that we had on the East Coast for so long. That's what most people grew up on. The hip, the hop, the hippie to the hip, hip hop. Let's take the camera off of that and let's put it on this West Coast where Mexicans and blacks are split. The Mexicans don't like the blacks over here. See, on the East Coast, Mexicans, blacks, Puerto Ricans, they all hang together. Over here, the Mexicans hate the blacks and the blacks hate the Mexicans. They have this, this gang ideology. And that became the thing to promote. You know, they're always just like in basketball. They're always looking like, what do we do? How do we make the game faster? Right. Let's let's make the defense tougher. Let's let's get let's let's speed up this game. So they do the same thing with, with everything that they do. What's this hip hop thing? Well, it's kind of going towards a revolutionary way. Well, where's the anti-revolutionary way? You got down south, they're shaking booty, but uh, you got the West Coast. West Coast really helps because shaking booty doesn't funnel them into the prisons. But in the West Coast here, if we can start getting black people on this gangster mentality, then, you know, our partners that have private prisons down there, we can do partnerships with them. It can be a whole one hand wash the other where we promote gangster artists. Right. That put crime on the street, which helps politics, police officers more. This this can all be one big thing that we control. Whereas if we don't, our option, well, what's the ladder? Well, the ladder is they just let it be organic and let it go to the East Coast. And you're going to have a bunch of revolutionaries talking about getting Mami out of prison and getting Assad out of prison. You're going to have a Tupac guy come. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Tupac guy's coming. No, let's let me. These are the conversations that Jews have that we don't have. They were having this in the 80s. You guys can either take my plan, which is let's move it toward this gangster rap shit, or you can let the hip hop fester in this 5% nation. And along comes this black ball headed nigga named Tupac. <laughs> and he's going, he's going to try to unite everybody under some shit and it's going to work. See, if we can do West Coast, when that black ball headed nigga comes, we can get Orlando Anderson in there. We can have Suge Knight. We can have a whole bunch of Bloods and Crips. We can have that Messiah surrounded where, no, he'll never make it out of Las Vegas alive. But if you let that East Coast shit run shit, <laughs> it's going to be him. It's going to be Biggie. It's, they're going to do some black to the black Africa thing. And next thing you know, hip hop. The biggest export is going to be some real revolutionary thing that we can't control now. Now they will have black streaming companies. Now they will have black record labels. Now they will have black because Tupac will be their leader, not Jay-Z. It won't be Jay-Z. It'll be Tupac because they'll protect him. They'll have a Black Panther. He'll be working with Farrakhan. They're going to have this whole little East Coast thing that has a 5% nation under it. Tupac as their chief. Biggie Smalls. And all this shit fluttering on the East Coast. Or we can take it with Snoop and Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre likes sucking dick. Everybody like <laughs> Dr. Dre will suck a dick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Dr. Dre suck a dick. Snoop want to smoke some weed. We can really we can really control this West Coast shit. You let the East Coast niggas take it. And that's what I believe happened, bro. That's what I truly believe happened, man. Was I breaking news right there? <laughs> 
Oh, see, Dr. Dre was fucking dick. Man. Yeah, no, you're spitting fucking bad. Like, that, that's crazy. I've never heard somebody break down. Basically, the whole music industry, literally, in a sense, because, like, that makes so much sense of how Chicago ended up how and how quickly it turned. Because mm-hmm. Chicago really soulful, like, about unity, about that whole Black Panther movement. And literally, that shit just changed when, like, Chief cracking Keith. No, no, I'm telling you, Chicago, I I got homeboys that from Chicago. Chicago has never had the reputation of gangsters in this Chirac thing. Chicago has always kind of had a reputation, kind of like D.C. You know what I'm saying? Like D.C., like where it's like it's real black people, it's real niggas in Chicago. They're real niggas, but they're players. It's like Detroit, kind of like Detroit a little bit. Like the niggas is players, nigga. Niggas will come out with some some gators that look funny with the orange hats and shit like they're They're more known for being players. In yeah, Chicago, they had, uh, and shit like that. Yeah, that That's was our thing. Yeah, in Chicago, I was like, "Oh, they players, you know." And they mad. They they fast talking. You know what I'm saying? They gonna move past. What they're not gonna do is shoot up Grandma and them church. That's what not. We ain't never thought nobody from Chicago. That's not what they gonna do, fam. Nah, fam. That's not what they gonna do. They gonna they might fight. You know what I'm saying? And they gonna say they from Chicago and they eat okra and they eat chitlins and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just some shit that comes along with Chi Town niggas. You know what I'm saying? But this whole Chirac and we're insane and we don't know. I remember the first time I remember that is Chief Keith. And I, that's the first time when I was like, okay, this Chief Keith. And I think that what happened with Chirac and drill music is just an innovation and in them learning from the West Coast. They understood and they had to look where else is the next breeding ground now. It's not it's not East Coast. It's still not East Coast because it's where's the next place. And then as soon as Chief Keith came out with that, that's the shit I don't like that demonic shit. And he started. They jumped on it. This demonic. Oh, yes, this is it. This is it. What music is going to funnel people into the prisons? Trap kind of trap got niggas kind of trying to sell dope like Jeezy. But, you know, yeah. It ain't happening fast enough. In order to get people in prisons, you need gun activity. <laughs> you need gun activity. That's what gets niggas in. Because once the beef starts happening, niggas get shot, niggas get shot, and tomorrow they get shot, and the beefs are never ending. So niggas will sell drugs and make a lick and get the fuck out the game and open a record label. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you got to do real police work to catch drug dealers, nigga. That's why Jay-Z got so far, nigga. But a, a shooter... Oh, nigga, a dumb crash-out shooter, nigga? Oh, he'll never get away, nigga. The police will catch him, nigga, on accident. So, yeah, it's a big business, man. Big, big business. Damn. You just dropped a, a lot of bars. A lot of bars. Hey, but well, let me ask you, do you, did you hear about this math, this math Hoffa podcast shit? Did you see that they broke up? Yeah, I didn't read really that. I read, like, a few paragraphs into an article or a news article about it, but, like, I, like that's what happens when money gets into it. Like, I feel like I don't know what what's your take. I'll say that first. I think that the, you hit it on the head. The money came into it. My math Hoffa, yeah. nigga. It's very difficult. What's the name of their podcast? Do you know what the name of their podcast is? Uh, expert opinion. My expert opinion. Or uh, here, let me. It's it's my expert opinion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, to my knowledge, math was the face and it feels like he knew he was the face and that he's making his Joe Button play before it got sticky and ugly like Joe Button and Rory did. Like, I believe that's. Go ahead. Yep. 
he, he that's kind of that, that's the shady part because he probably I'm not gonna lie I don't know I like you would somebody would have to point out to me who the other two niggas are I probably seen them but like I didn't know their names like that type uh so and uh uh um Heineken so and Heineken uh okay I know Heineken I don't know the so dude does he sit on the left or the right so is the dark dude that kind of skinny you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yep. Oh, okay. All right. So, like, okay, they give to the podcast. That's the thing. Like, I don't like. There's an ambiance to podcasts, especially if you have a group. And if anybody is talking, I feel like that gives to the like purpose of the podcast. And once you take it away, it's gonna be different because now he has to fill those spots a little bit. Right, right. And sometimes niggas think they're that good that, man, anybody can fill them spots. That's what Joe thought. He th- any, I could put two pieces of cheese on the side of me. <laughs> and we still go fucking do 100,000 views every episode. <laughs> Joe Button, that's a whole that I don't even like Joe Button that much. Like, to be honest, he should have just stuck to rapping. But, like, he, that's the thing. That's a perfect example, though. Like, he got two, I don't even know who the other two niggas are now. I watch the Rory and Maul podcast more than I watch Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Them are the niggas, man. You fucked up, Joe. (laughs) You fucked up, Joe. Honestly, like that first version of it, nah, it wasn't. They look like they're kind of in like five-five basement. I was like, like, uh uh-oh, left too early, (laughs) left too early. Yeah, but now like it looks, setup looks good. They got dope-ass guests. The guests like being on the show. They have Sci High the Prince. I, I instantly clicked on that and they're asking good ass questions. Like they're not talking about stupid shit. Like I don't care what Joe, Joe Button's view on the Tory Lanez and Meg the Stallion thing is. Like I, you're a rapper. Like talk, I want rapper shit from you, bro. <laughs> like, That's a great point. That is a great point. And see, and now we thought it was Joe that brought that. And now we see that it's Rory and Maul. See, because it was the Joe yeah. Button podcast, we thought, and, and like you said, Joe's the rapper. We like, he must be the one that's bringing this hip hop shit. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. It's the two guys that are really fans of this fucking music that are actually pushing the culture forward with the content. I agree with you 100%, yeah. man. Uh, and I watched the, I've watched a, a good amount of episodes of My Expert Opinion. And Hoffa, he do be asking some good questions, 100%. But as of lately, I see the whole politics part come out into him. And he's kind of being the, he's on the Noriega wave of like flip-flopping. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. He's going to go, he's going to go in that door. He's going in them doors. I'm like, yo, you got to hold strong. Like, that's probably why they gave you the money. They saw that too. (laughs) They're like, yeah, he's going to No. You know your homeboys don't have accountants, and you know they don't have lawyers, probably, bro. Like, that's my thing. Like, that shit gets, like, to fight your case to these record labels, you need, you got to fight it in court. You need lawyers that need to know, like, some legal uh, lingo to, like, do this shit. Like, lawyers lawyers have a whole language themselves. They call everybody else lay people. We're lay people. <laughs> lawyers and Facts. all that, yeah, and and they can tell by how you talk. From like, they'll ask you questions and tell how you answer the question, how yep. where if you're a lay or not. And sometimes you show just by your opening it, what you talk about. They're oh yeah, yeah yeah this motherfucker doesn't understand. All right, anyways, you know what I mean. So yeah, you're you're 100 yeah. percent right. Your battles have to be fought in court, and their weapons are 
Well, your generals are the lawyers and their weapons are the words for sure. Yeah. So it's kind of shifty a little bit. Yeah. We sad. like give them a pack. Yeah. I know. It's just sad that things keep happening like this. Like, damn, they just keep niggas break up the groups. The Migos broke up. RIP, like I said, take off. But they was going through their thing. I like to see that offset. You, Did you hear that offset changed his uh, profile pic to to take? Oh, really? Yeah, that was like that was yeah, that that yeah. was what's up, man. And that's the fucked up thing about it. R.I.P. Like they can't they can't even come together right now because they probably are in some legal contract battles type stuff because they are breaking up. They're probably fighting over screaming percentages, like royalty. Mm, yeah. That's why I wish, like, even out here in Minnesota, that's why I want to, like, I do, like, the music business and management shit. Like, I want people to know about this stuff beforehand. Before you make a group, like, you guys have to have the hard talk to, like, all right, if we ever split up, like, what's the split? Like, you kind of have to have that divorce talk a little bit because, like, you're just going to end up like the Beatles. (laughs) And everybody, like, got to be, have some armor in this shit. Right, and right. I feel like the Migos had it for a while, but then people got married, people had dated uh, people they shouldn't have. Shout out, sweetie, but Cardi B. Yep, once once Offset not yeah. Cardi B, that changed the game. I'm day man, hey man, was, y'all keep asking me know. to bring my bitch to everything, man. Stop every time y'all we do a show, y'all say bring my bitch. Well, nigga, she's with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yo, she boosted my career a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I like it was smart, dude. Like, and Quavo couldn't handle it. So he had to take takeoff and still do the whole, like, industry shit. While Offset was in different ventures. That's the thing. Like, Offset was on TV shows. He did acting. He did, like, he had it. He was doing his shit and doing his family stuff. He couldn't stay in the hip-hop. People don't remember Offset Studio got shot up one time. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, whole, yeah. I don't know if that's. I, I'm not speaking on open cases or anything. I don't know if that's in the Rico or anything. But like that, that after that, I saw Offset change, and he was like, "No, I'm literally about my business right now." I just was that around the jail. time of the car crash too? I remember that the car crash. Uh, and I think so. Like, yeah, that he, was a crazy. Yeah, he was going through it. I remember Offset was going through it. So, like, I feel him about getting away from, like, yeah, I'm not trying to do this, like, whole, like, rapper narrative right now. Like, I'm going to go on a different wave and, like, have my kids be in something else. Because, like, if you think about it, little baby, like, he, he's just an Offset. Right. Offset right. wasn't really in music. He was really in the streets. But then people were like, no, you have a thing in music. Let's make a group. Get you out of that. It kind of didn't work. He went back to jail a few times, and he finally got out of it. And then I just hated how people were like, oh, fuck Offset. He, like, broke up the group. I'm like, they're family, bro. Like, you don't know their business. You don't know if they talked about it beforehand. And that's a good point because it didn't seem like, like, even in their new album, I was like, oh, they're going to be throwing jabs and all this other kind of stuff. And they didn't. They just kind of, Quavo and Tate just kind of rocked. You know what I'm saying? There was no jabs. There was a couple times where TMZ ran up on him and asked him, and there really was no like, oh fuck that nigga or nothing like that. I was like, damn, this is pretty, you know, 
This is seeming like it's pretty cool. You did see Baby come in the QC office like, oh, one monkey don't stop the show. But I was like from the Migos. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like they just was basically like you said, we're going to keep it business and figure out how this shit goes business wise. And then once the dust settles from that, we're family, fam. We're going to end up coming back together and being cool again. Yeah, it's just sad that I can't happen because uh, I say niggas just stop playing dice. That stuff just happens with dice. I say that's the moral story. Yeah, I've been in some. I've been in a lot of sticky situations shooting dice. I've been in some situations where I'm surprised that I'm still here because I've been in those situations. Like, damn, we were all in the basement. We were in a basement. You know what I'm saying? We were in the basement. Where do you go in the basement? There's nowhere to go in the basement when three niggas got guns in the basement. You know what I'm saying? Wash machine? I'm looking at the wash machine like, can I fit in that motherfucker if I just dive in? Can I just dive in if niggas start shooting? But it gets real sticky. But let me ask you a question. What do you think this Mm -hmm. means for QC and Mob Ties? Do you think this starts some kind of war between QC and Jay Prince, Jay Prince Jr.? This is big, bro. This is big. Like, to be honest, I think that's the whole, like, industry spin up because a lot of people are trying to do everything they can to take down mob ties and QC right now has one of the biggest artists in the world they have the like influence right now of Lil Baby so if mob ties is trying to go against QC or if QC believes actually like yo mob ties if nobody was there for mob ties they don't like babysit niggas it's not like you got to check in with mob ties and they're like, all right, we're going to send somebody out to be a representative. Like maybe they do, but like, I guess they, they were there on their own accord. They probably let people know. So they told them, oh, don't go in this area. Don't uh, go over here. It's, it's hot over here or whatever. But I don't, I think that shit was just literally like the effect of what the effect was. I don't think it was anything deeper than that. So, so are you, really, you don't think the dude that that like, that killed takeoff was a part of the mob ties? You don't think he was with them? I don't think so. Like, unless it comes out like that, like that's why I like to wait because I want right. to see like what evidence comes out. Because now they have the video, so you know there's going to be some internet people being like, "All right, we're going to match this face with this person, this face with this person. Let's see who these people are." But at the same time, it's an open case. So yeah. the internet does a lot of work for the police that I feel like we don't even notice ourselves. And sometimes we talk about stuff and we're, the cops don't know anything about the culture. So they can listen in on some things and be like, oh, yeah, actually, let's look into that. Let's do this. And it's like, all right, now they can take it now. And I'd rather they just put themselves like, and then both of them come out with a joint message and be like, this is what it is. Because I, I think, to be honest, nowadays how record labels are set up and contracts, rappers dying don't hurt the record labels anymore. That's the sad part. No, it's like actually it helps them. It's like, it does the opposite. Yeah. I, I mean, like, Migo streaming probably went up like 100 times or something. Only thing is, is that these guys are real family. So this isn't just like, oh, these are just artists that we kind of found and put together. Like, these are my little, these are my, these are my guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fam, unless, unless, only thing that I think would be the best thing here is if, like you said, the guy that pulled the trigger is really just some side nigga that's not with mob ties. And it's like, no, nah, he wasn't with us, fam. You know, that's some nigga from something else. Then I believe that they'll be able to just come together and just say, look, because we're all mourning. And I know that fucking Jay, Jazz Prince and mob ties, I know they love 
fucking Migos. Now, they love QC and they love Takeoff and they love them niggas. So I think if they can just show that it wasn't us, that'll be the best thing. But if it was, like my whole my whole thing that I'm kind of hoping isn't the case is that the guy who pulled the trigger and killed Takeoff, I'm hoping that he's not close to like Jay Prince Jr. Jay Prince Jr. been out here doing some wild shit. You see beat up fucking Zero in Dallas. The nigga Jay Prince Jr. is wild. He's like Sonny Corleone in fucking Godfather. Like, we need Michael to take over. We don't want fucking Sonny. This nigga's gonna get killed on the crosswalk and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jay Prince is just getting a lot of shit. So I'm, that's my what, what I that's what I originally thought. I'm thinking that it's a nigga that's close. And everybody knows, like, that's Jay Prince Jr.'s nigga. You know what I'm saying? He's the shooter. That's why he did something like that. Like, you gotta have somebody that's do, willing to do that around. The bad part about yeah. it is if that's all that they can do, they're itching to do that. That's what people don't understand. When you have these guys and their job is that's my stepper, that's my demon, he's itching to do that on the first sign of trouble or what he might deem as trouble. So my whole yeah. thought goes to, is this Jay Prince Jr.'s hitter? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what happened with King Vaughn. Exactly what happened with King Vaughn. Where it's like, nigga, I don't know. I'm a shooter, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I'm only doing this rap stuff after I kill King Von. But prior to Lil Timmy was a shooter. That that's what he yeah. was for uh Quando Rondo. He was the nigga that says any nigga move, any nigga sneeze. You you know what I'm talking about? Any nigga sneeze, yeah. nigga. Let's go. So it damn, I just brought up a good point. That I, that where I think that could that have happened? Could Jay Prince's Shooter have been on little Timmy time, time, Timmy Turner time, time with the Timmy time with the Tommy gun. <laughs> but then you got to think, even if you want to think that way, you got to think who else was there. Then, like somebody important had to be there. To think like that was gonna happen. Was it, wasn't like, wasn't Prince Junior J J Prince Junior was there? Oh really? I never. I yeah, and there and there the the thing that's uh, going bad about him is they got footage of him literally stepping over takeoff while Quavo's crying over his body. And kind of like walking like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And everybody's like, damn, why didn't Jay Prince Jr. get down? You know what I'm saying? And put his arm around Quavo. You know what I'm saying? So that's I why. Think the real question, yeah. The real question is like in any scenario this happens in like hip hop, I feel like we just got to ask ourselves, who do, how do we want the outcome to be handled? Do we want it to be handled by the streets or do we want it to be handled by uh, law enforcement? Yeah, because if it's by the streets, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm telling you guys right now. We're, we're doing a live podcast. Everybody's listening to We Got Content. And I'm going to tell you guys how it goes in the streets. How it goes in the streets is I need a body. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need a body. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I want to wake up with a plastic bag with the guy who killed Takeoff on my doorstep. That's mob ties rules. And then we can talk and negotiate and we can move and do all this thing. I need a body. <laughs> Don't talk to me about <laughs> shit. These are mob ties rules. Somebody. Like you got theory, <laughs> yeah. When I, when I go to sleep tonight, when I wake up, when I'm sleeping, somebody's supposed to be getting strangled while I'm sleeping. This is for takeoff. Hey man, this is payment nigga. And it's more likely supposed to be the shooter. Now, that's easy work. Okay, if the shooter is just some stupid send off crash dummy, then this is going to happen easily. 
He's gonna, he's probably dead right now. <laughs> Niggas probably getting shot right now. Probably getting shot in the ass right now. But my whole thing is, if he's not, and he happens to be somebody like Noah fam, that's he's close to the other side. We can't just deliver him. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the guys. Then it gets sticky. That's what I believe is it gets sticky. So that's I believe if we see these guys come together quick, and you're gonna see this. And I'm glad I'm talking to you, bro, because as this goes on, you're going to be thinking of me when this you're like, damn, man, Simba said, because if you do see QC and Jay Prince grab hands and hold hands and say, man, we coming together, man, that was a bad situation. We moving on. We going forward. That means that nigga's dead. <laughs> that means that nigga was delivered. He's dead. And you won't see me any more pictures. But if this shit, if this shit doesn't get like that and you and the tension builds and next thing you know, you hear QC say, man, it's on, it's on. And Jay Prince says something and the beef that lets you know that nigga that shot, he was tied in. He wasn't just a send off. He was tied in. You know what I'm saying? uh, Because when people say it's my past, the reason I don't like that, they're two black owned record labels. Mm -hmm. I want those to. But at the same time, nobody looks bigger. Those are they. Who who's the major label that handles the distribution for them? It's Motown, Atlantic. If you want to go that bigger, uh, Atlantic I think is under what the Universal umbrella. Yep. yep. If I'm not, but then Mob Ties is under in, Interscope, which is is uh, that's Sony. Wow. So it's wow. like I, stuff like that. If I'm not mistaken. But I see stuff like that. And then I look at the artist because even, like, people don't realize, like, Drake Drake kind of, like, everybody's like, oh, Drake held the album because this, this, and that, or whatever, right? I think Drake held the album because, like, Taylor Swift record sales are going nuts right now. Damn, that shit is amazing. <laughs> Taylor Swift makes it so why do you niggas even post your stats anymore? You shouldn't even post your stats if you're talking about, oh, I sold 100,000. What the? F-? Shut up, nigga. Chicken she feed. Fumbled. And her her vinyls her vinyl sales alone shit on people <laughs> like what did she do like five hundred million vinyls? This shit's crazy and it's dope. Like I yo I almost went down to Electric Feet. Got me a cop. Is, is the album that, is the album that dope? Is it good? I don't know. I'm just saying off the like yo her fans they uh-huh. and they are going to pay like crazily for that. Like uh-huh. that's worth holding circles that's I the kind like, of fans i want yeah. on my podcast i want fans like that man that's a dedicated fan yeah like, that's somebody who's going to tell the kids about you <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly i believe they're the ones that behind kanye's fucking mental breakdown they're the ones that keep taking his pills it's a taylor swift fan every time kanye's supposed to take a pill a taylor swift fan comes running and <laughs> switches it they switch it with an Advil. Kanye just takes an Advil and then he wonders why. Oh, he starts flying off the handle. It's the Taylor Swift crowd. They ain't forgot when you said Beyonce was supposed to win, bitch. Nigga, you finna trip. Now they'll leave him alone. He went and said the shit about the Jews. They're like, all right. He, <laughs> we didn't know he'd go that crazy. So, right now, when people are saying QC versus uh, Mob Ties, yeah. and then they put in Gun Dog, and then they put in Rapper Freedom lyrics, that's a bunch of court cases right now. That's where I like. I'm like, okay, no, I, I want the people involved to handle it how they want to handle it. Right. Because now we're at a thousand eyes talking about this stuff and it's giving other people ideas. And it's just like, 
damn, it didn't have to be that big. It could have been handled in a concise way. Now everybody's thinking like, okay, now record labels are in it. Like, if I'm a random rapper, you see, I'm saying, fuck, fuck Mob Ties. They killed my bro. They're doing this, blah, blah, blah. And that's how another dumb rapper gets shot too. <laughs> or dropped from Gucci Man's record label right after he gets signed. <laughs> you hear about that? Oh, yes. Um, wait, which one? <laughs> some some rapper nigga that Gucci Man just signed came out and said, "Nigga, I ain't doing no fucking show in Houston, nigga. Fuck Houston, nigga." And Gucci Man dropped him, "Nigga, fuck you mean you ain't doing no show in Houston, nigga? They paid. Fuck you mean?" <laughs> so the nigga got signed yesterday and dropped today, nigga. Goddamn. Like that's the thing, people. Yeah, people don't look at that part. But it is sad though. Super I sad. I was listening. To, I've been listening. To, I've been listening to Take Off all day, all day today. Just his solo album, just his, his verses, and he and he spits sometimes too. Sometimes take a surprise you. Like, hold on, man, that nigga snap. <laughs> what he say? He said he said she tried to pay for me to. He said she wanted me to pay for her ass to get lift. I told that whole better go get in the lift. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen to Brown Paper Bag on Culture. I think it's Culture Two. Uh huh. Yo, this man Takeoff went off. I've like that's my favorite verse by that man. It's on Brown Paper Bag. His cadence, his slow switch up, his bars like that shit is ridiculous. Are they one of the and greatest like, groups of all times? Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Oh <laughs> yeah, hey man. The Beatles, um, Wu Tang. Would you would you put like Temptations in it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the big dogs. You got to put them with the big dogs because they're the big well, dogs. How are we defining big dogs, though? Huh? Because how are we defining big dogs? Because if we're talking big, like we're talking about across- culture, influence, rain, um. Okay. Everything, okay. record sales, everything, just to hold the Beatles, the mania, the thing, the Beatles. The Beatles are number one. Beatles always be number one. How they had the world by the hand and ah, oh, ah, you know what I'm saying? But Wu Tang did that because all around the world, everybody's going, Wu Tang, Wu Tang, and in Asia, motherfuckers, Wu Tang. So they had it too. So I would put them too. Okay. Across genres, you got to say like YouTube. That nigga, isn't Bon Jovi in that shit? Who, YouTube? Yeah. 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 Like they, I, I've never heard of them like touring, not doing a world tour. Let's. How about rap? What about rap? They're, are they the biggest rap. rap group ever? Yeah. Oh, I would. Yeah. Like over Wu Tang. I came ah. to bring the pain, hardcore to the brain. Oh, dirty bastard! That's, that's like the Michael Jordan, LeBron James type of debate, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Different because they both are that influential in oh. their own like geographies, but like overall, I don't think that I don't think that <clears throat> I don't think Migos that had a Drake verse. what's that <laughs> Migos had a Drake verse. I think that like that that means something nowadays. Like having a verse back then wasn't a big thing, and but that Migos was their kickoff out. song. That was like their come out song. Exactly. Like, that was the popular because they were they they had their mixtapes going pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Atlanta. Yep. But like, yeah, that was the takeoff. Like, oh, uh, pun intended. But like, yeah. Man, yeah, and I think that in the nigga world, as far as niggas, I think that Migos was definitely more felt and and liked and loved and rocked with the, with niggas. 
Like you had a lot of backpack rappers as far as American black people. If, if you were a Wu-Tang fan, you didn't see your average street nigga in the streets really being a Wu-Tang fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wu-Tang got inflated. It was inflation. Like, Thank yeah. you. Okay, let's let's keep it real. Let's keep it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, their, their, their multiculturalism, their international appeal helped. Yeah, definitely. Hey, their series is on. I bet you Migos, if they had a uh, series on Netflix, that shit would go number one. Make sure 50 but Cent does they, it. Make sure 50 Cent does that. We need royalties too. Big fact. 50 Cent but, is great, man. 50 Cent cinematic eye is yeah. fucking amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I just I just like watched a couple episodes of Kanan, and that shit is hard, bro. And that that has a better job than that. They moved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Migos is definitely like I said. That's what made me say you have to almost put them up there with the, like the Beatles and shit because it's like they smash people. I mean, pretty much their reign with Drake is pretty much connected. As long as Drake's been reigning, Migos been reigning. Drake might have had like three years, two years before the Migos, but pretty much yeah, as long as Drake's been reigning, it's been the Migos, the group. You know what I'm saying? Like shit, doing the same that's thing. So, that's crazy. That's so true. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. Wu-Tang doesn't have that hit that world. Like, they do have a hit, don't get me wrong, but, like, Bad and Bougie, I think, and Versace, that's, like, that's a universal song. Oh, my like. God. They got so many hits, fam. They got, I mean, Avalanche, nigga. To me, Avalanche is just, yeah. every time that comes on, it just, da, 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 you know what I'm saying? And then Quavo, it was just the, God, man. Like, I was such a Quavo fan. When it started, when the Migos first came out, I was just a Quavo dick riding fan. I used to hate on Offset. I used to really hate on Takeoff. I'm gonna keep it a B. I used to fucking hate on Takeoff. Like, what the yeah. fuck is this lazy eyed nigga doing? Just give give Quavo two verses. Give like Offset maybe a half a verse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just let fucking Takeoff stand and hold the umbrella or something. But as they start growing. And as I start listening, they start dropping them albums. That's what they start doing. They start dropping them albums. And then I start being like, hold on, nigga, this nigga Offset can kind of rap. And then I'll be like, wait a second, this nigga Takeoff is riding the beat? Like, I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to fall in love with the group. And that's why, yeah, this is this is a sad day, man. This is fucked up, man. This is so fucked up. God, I'm hurting and today. It's crazy. It always happens to groups, too. Like, like keeping on that like realm of stuff, like groups break up and then somebody got like, Literally, so that that group can never come back together again for some yeah. type of reason. Right, like that is the sad part. Can't do Fast and Furious without Paul. Yeah, hard. Damn. Well, like I said, you know, hopefully, I know it won't, but you know, maybe this will be the kind of another pin in the in the basket where. Will eventually start moving towards the direction of all right, guys. It's time for us to do something, and let's start with what we can do. You know, we can't do everything. We can't change what's in a person's heart. Can't change what's in a person's mind. We can change what's yeah. on these records, though. <laughs> we can change what we're constantly putting out I on mean, these records about, you know, how often we're saying murder. You know, and how how many record labels and how many songs, how many artists are out there that are preaching this demonic shit. We can do something about that. You know, so yeah, I think yeah, hundred percent. I'll appreciate you stopping by the podcast, bro. You made the show, man. You on the show, man. Episode, I think this is six, man. So, yeah. 
Damn, I like listening to my voice. So I don't know if I can like listen back and be like a <laughs> on this. But no, I just ran through most of your episodes uh, in the last week. To be honest, yeah, you've been feeling how you. Like, what you think? Spitting bars like educated me. That's that. I think that's the real part of podcasting. People, especially out here, are missing is the education piece. Like you want to like give some something new to somebody or something new to think about at least. Like podcasts are about perspectives and views and certain opinions that you want to get off. And it's not about the flashy shit or like even the video part aspect of it. Cause I like how it's just audio. Like I listen on my way to uh, go to work or just in the car chilling, smoking or whatever. Like I think you bring the true essence of what a podcast is. And even you teach me about like the Mongolians and like uh, what you broke it down to three groups basically like asian white and black and everybody's just a mixture of like those three and shit like those remind me of primary colors that makes so much sense like there's three primary colors yes now there's like how you can make any color in the world and so it's like yeah that makes a lot of sense of how everything happened the movement the migration and you really got to kind of have that pre uh pre-education of the history a little bit but i think yo every niggas got google uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> is what he's talking about real? And it's like, oh shit, yeah, there's stuff to back this up or uh, corroborate everything that's being said. So I just think, yo, this is this is gold, and I'm honored, hundred percent, because I already told you I'm getting mics uh, this weekend because I got some topics, and I want you to uh, talk with my pops too. I think you guys will have some great things to talk about. Yes, I love talking with the uh, elder generations. Those are who the people I have the best conversations with because, like I said, they have something to give me. I get around a lot of people in, that are younger or, or even my own generation, and it's like they're not chasing information. That's why I like you when I seen you, and I'm like, damn, a, a dude younger, and I can see the chase. Like I can see that, that I'm, I'm searching, I'm chasing, I'm grabbing, I'm trying to get as much information as I can because I am trying to find ultimately the truth. So, yeah, I would love to chop it up with Pops for sure. Because, yeah, I think he, he, would, he would have you dying about his son. Because he's from South Side Chicago. And then my, I'm the only person in my family born in Minnesota. So, like, of uh, Chicago people up here. And he always says, he's like, man, yeah, this dude was a rat. Like, dude, that's why he's up here or whatever. Like, or he's like, oh, yeah, this dude probably, like, it's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes he speaks real that's what i like i like people that speak real look man i'm gonna keep it a bean you know i gotta tell you how i feel but i gotta keep it a bean too crazy bro because my dad did uh 12 11 12 years in prison like high level security prison with mob bosses and stuff like that so the stories bro like yeah wow be yeah great content Facts, facts. I'm, I'm down, man. Like I said, I, I now I remember ever since you put that little bug in my ear, I'm like, yes, yes. Let's get ready. Let's work, man. Put as much of this content. Right. Let's, like I said, make our own media circles, and then just you know, have us our own little network. When we look up at all these different kind of shows and different platforms that we have, and we can just push them and keep them rotating. Yeah, yo. To be honest, I'm like, and I, I just like uh, audio concept or content. No Me too. video, just like information in the conversation and i i feel like clubhouse is a, a perfect uh like uh, outlet for it too because it gives like that uh back and forth because yeah. that's that's what the whole conversation is about like you don't 
having conversations with a bunch of yes men is just trash. <laughs> Shout out to Wack One Hundred. Profile pictures. Nigga is like was one of the biggest pioneers in podcasts that isn't talked about. Same with Tax Zone. Shout out him too. Oh, Tax like Man, it's my nigga. Wack is the West Coast. Tax is the East Coast. Literally, like that's facts. That's facts. That's how I said out Charleston White. Charleston White's down south. I'm up north. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the quadrant. Big side. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, stopping right. by the podcast, man. I appreciate it, bro. And I'll let you know next time I hop on, Just I'll be sending out the invites. Like I said, I'm just learning this clubhouse shit. You know how to send out the invites and how to get people coming here. I've seen a couple people kind of came in and out. But next time, I'm going to put like real shit into making sure a bunch of people come in here so we can really have some fun but i appreciate you being on the first episode though bro yeah no problem man thanks for having me no doubt all right dude one yeah man so uh this was another episode of we got content i talked about a lot of things people came in the room like i said i'm gonna be doing this clubhouse thing if you want to come in come into the clubhouse you got to get in people look at the link click the link in the bio it's right there. Link tree will get you to the Twitter, gets to the YouTube, gets to the Facebook, gets to the Instagram, gets to the clubhouse, gets you to the Savoir Fairs that you see me wear. Okay, so come on in and enjoy this motherfucking podcast. You heard my man. He said I'm one of the best. Education, edutainment. I do it. Simba Ali, Mr. Simba Ali. We are here. We got content. We got content. I appreciate y'all. I am out.